Hello, this is the Historically Thinking Commonplace book for the week of December 30th, 2018. It's the last Commonplace book of 2018 and the first of 2019. So it seems to me a good place to look back and to anticipate the future. But a message first. If you listen to this and haven't subscribed to Natanda, the weekly newsletter of this podcast, you can do so by going to the homepage and pushing the subscribe button, giving your email address, and you're done. It's not spam. Uh, Hopefully you'll find out that it's good stuff. Last week, we had an essay written by me about chestnuts and family history. And if you haven't, please, please, please rate this podcast on iTunes. There are plenty of podcasts that do everything short of bribery and uh, including that to get people to rate them on iTunes. I don't have the means of bribing you. If I did, I would. In the meantime, I'm relying on your courtesy and hopefully your liking for this podcast, if not love for this podcast, to go to iTunes and give it at least some stars, but even better to say something about the podcast and why you like it. The more reviews, the higher we move up the iTunes uh, rankings, the more people find us. It turns out that's really hard to publicize a podcast, um, to be um, more honest than I uh, would thought I would be on the Commonplace book. Uh, we have a nice Facebook page, but Facebook likes do not translate into much of anything. Um, I think we have something good here. Uh, and I would like more people to find out about it. So please, like us on iTunes and leave a review. When this podcast was first conceived, I was teaching at Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois. I decided to do a podcast because I thought uh, there was room for one which tackled a wider variety of subjects than the podcasts about history did. And I wanted a podcast about history that wasn't tied to any one place or one era. There were podcasts about colonial America. There were podcasts about, oh, I don't know, Roman emperors, English kings. But there wasn't really a podcast to my taste that covered everything, all of history, all the interesting little nooks and crannies, as well as the the main highways and the big rooms, to mix my, my metaphors. I was also very eager to put out in front of the listening public, such as I could acquire to the podcast, I was wanted to put out in front of you the approach to history and teaching history um, in, the depart- that, in the department at Augustana, where I'm, which I still uh, very pr- am very proud of, I'm proud to have been a part of, and which I believe is, let me put this carefully, it's a department in which uh, history is very carefully taught at history, as history. Um, and with a very uh, deep consensus amongst the members of the department. I, know, I don't know of any department like it. I would even uh, claim that it's the best place to go, best liberal arts college to go to, if you want to become a high school history teacher. I don't think there's anything quite like it. The approach that uh, we had in the department was based on the idea that history is a unique way of thinking I actually believe that every humanities is a unique way of thinking about something. Um, Just as physics, medicine, and engineering are unique 
ways of thinking about something. Medicine, for example, is a certain way of looking at the human body and then thinking through the problems presented by symptoms. History is likewise a way of looking at past events, past human events, and then thinking about them and through them. So I believed that the podcast that I wanted to create would talk about history in all its varieties, its disciplines, its subdisciplines like intellectual history and the history of material culture, military history, diplomatic history, political history, cultural history broadly understood, social history, etc., etc., etc. It would look at geographical areas of interest, China, India, the United States, Britain. It would look at periods of interest, the past of Mycenaean Greece or of classical Greece, or of colonial America, or of antebellum America, or of British-ruled India, and so on and so on. And it would also look at things that might not be thought of as of historic interest to the layperson, like shoes and department stores and bourbon, to cite three recent examples from the podcast. But I didn't want to, and I don't want to, just talk about the past, but hopefully model ways of thinking about the past, and indeed of thinking about other things as well. And That's why the podcast is titled Historically Thinking. Here are a few of the things that the podcast should embody. In every conversation, at least two of these should be present, and hopefully more. And these are the things that I mean by historically thinking, or historical thinking. First, I hope that I and the podcast reflect and nourish a lively, infectious desire to investigate the past. After all, if we don't have that, then everything else that follows doesn't actually work. Second, uh, good historical thinking should be characterized by a talent for recognizing nonsense. Historical thinking should develop in the person who's thinking a really good nose. My colleague Lendl Calder suggests that different intellectual disciplines have different signature questions and that the signature question of history, the first question that should pop into the mind of a historian when they hear something or read something is, are you kidding me? Um, Lendl actually says something a bit more pungent, but both work. So hopefully you hear me say something that's the equivalent of are you kidding me at some point in the podcast? Third, historical thinking is based on evidence. But more than that, historically thinking leads a thinker to self-criticism and even to intellectual humility, that state of mind and emotion in which the thinker asks herself or himself, what if I am wrong? And what does it matter if I am wrong? Fourth, Historical thinking is a set of mental habits that allows its possessor to digest, analyze, and synthesize large quantities of information, not numerical information, but qualitative information that I happen to believe will always be difficult to write an algorithm to interpret. Historical thinking fosters an awareness of how historical contexts and processes matter for understanding our own time. This isn't always easy to do. Perhaps the best we can do is not so much explain the past to the present, 
but make the present seem odd. Finally, historical thinking enables us to solve difficult, ill-structured problems that resist easy analysis or solution. Or maybe not solve them. Maybe they can't be solved. But at least, historical thinking should reduce the negative impacts of that problem. In the next month, you'll hear conversations that I believe exemplify what historical thinking and historically thinking is about. Next week, you'll be able to listen to one of the most important conversations I've ever had about a woman who might well be the only political dissident to be executed in Maoist China. And then we'll be discussing the thorny, difficult, ill-structured problem of how the Roman Republic fell. We'll be discussing the out-of-way, sort of unanticipated impact of refrigeration technology in American culture and life. No, no, really, we will do that, and it's important. And we'll be discussing with a librarian how to think critically about what you read on the web and how to be an information literate historian. And perhaps we'll touch on humility in the course of that conversation. That I use the word conversation is important to me. These are not interviews. At their best, I want you to overhear conversations between two historians. We might study very different things. I'm not a classicist, but we both do understand the rules of historical thinking. And because of that, we're able to talk together and you can listen to our conversation. And hopefully you discern a desire on both our parts, myself and my interlocutor, to think seriously about the human experience over time. My trust has always been that such conversations are interesting to listen to, and perhaps in my grandiose or hopeful moments, that they're a model about how to have conversations on other topics with other people. I'm not a technophobe. I'm doing a podcast after all. But I refuse to believe that useful conversations can be had on Twitter or Facebook or really anywhere else other than between two people speaking to each other, listening to one another's voice, and speaking to each other as a person to another person. A wise man I know once suggested to me that the natural habitat of truth is in conversation, and I certainly hope that that's true. In any case, it's the principal reason I've chosen to do the podcast in the way that I do it. I hope you benefit from it. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please let others know about it. That's all for this week, and I'll be seeing you shortly, or presenting you shortly, with yet another conversation, which is based upon those principles of historical thinking. Until then, brighten the corner where you are.